Here is the closing Schwab market update as of 4.15 p.m. Eastern Time, 15 minutes after market close for Wednesday, May 4th. U.S. equities finished higher in a turbulent session after the Fed announced its policy decision and the plans for the Fed's balance sheet reduction to start on June 1st. The announced 50 basis point rate hike is the largest increase in two decades and was broadly anticipated, but many investors were fearful of a more aggressive policy action in the future. In a press conference following the announcement, Fed Chairman Powell acknowledged that the labor market is tight and inflation is much too high, but eased the fears of larger future hikes by noting that while 50 basis point hikes are on the table for the next two meetings, the committee is not actively considering larger hikes. The economic calendar was robust, showing that mortgage applications snapped a seven-week losing streak, the trade deficit swelled to a record high, and the U.S. added a smaller-than-expected number of private sector jobs during March ahead of Friday's labor report. Also, a couple of reads on April services sector activity came in mixed. Meanwhile, earnings season remained in focus as advanced micro-devices beat expectations on a surge in revenues, while Starbucks was a penny short of expectations and it suspended its outlook due to the uncertainties overseas. Treasuries reversed to the upside following the Fed announcement with yields falling and the U.S. dollar was lower, while crude oil prices were higher and gold traded to the upside. Europe saw widespread losses ahead of the Fed's decision, while markets in Asia also lost ground in another lackluster session, with markets in China and Japan remaining closed for holidays. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 932 points, or 2.8 percent, to 34,061. The S&P 500 index increased 125 points, or 3 percent, to 4,300. And the Nasdaq Composite advanced 401 points, or 3.2%, to 12,965. In heavy volume, 5.1 billion shares of NYSE-listed stocks were traded, and 5.4 billion shares changed hands on the Nasdaq. WTI crude oil gained $5.40 to $107.81 per barrel, Elsewhere, the gold spot price traded $13.70 higher to $1,884.30 per ounce, and the dollar index was 0.8% lower at 102.62. In equity news on Wednesday, Advanced Micro Devices, ticker symbol AMD, reported adjusted first quarter earnings per share of $1.13 ahead of the $0.91 cent Faxit estimate as revenues surged 71% year-over-year to $5.3 billion and above the street's forecast of $5 billion. The chipmaker said every segment grew by double digits during the quarter, despite concerns of a slowdown in the PC market. As such, Advanced Micro Devices said it sees second quarter sales of between $6.3 billion to $6.7 billion, up from its prior estimate of $6 billion, and adjusted gross margin of 54% compared to a prior forecast of 52.9%. Shares were higher. 
Starbucks Corporation, ticker symbol SBUX, posted a fiscal second quarter profit of 59 cents per share, a penny shy of the facts at estimate, as revenues increased 14.5% year-over-year to $7.6 billion, roughly in line with forecasts, with same-store sales up 7% for the quarter, fueled by strength in U.S. sales. However, international same-store sales shrank 8%, with a 23% decline in receipts out of China, a drag on the figure as the nation reimposed COVID-induced lockdowns. As such, Starbucks suspended its fiscal 2022 outlook, citing the uncertainty surrounding the events in China and abroad. Despite the report, Starbucks traded higher. First quarter earnings season continues in earnest, and of the 368 S&P 500 companies that have reported thus far, roughly 67% have topped sales expectations and about 79% have bested profit projections per data compiled by Bloomberg. So far, year-over-year sales growth is tracking to be up 14.1%, and earnings growth is on track to be 5.9% higher. Schwab's chief investment strategist, Lizanne Saunders, discusses the volatile market action during April in her latest article, When the Levy Breaks, Panic is Not a Strategy. She notes that April was the worst month for the S&P 500 since March of 2020, and that it's been a mixed two-weeker bag in terms of macro drivers, and we expect significant bouts of volatility to persist. She concludes that this is not the time for investors to take on risk outside the parameters of their strategic asset allocations. It is a time for investors to employ traditional disciplines around diversification across and within asset classes to focus on quality in terms of stocks, fundamentals, and to stay in gear via periodic rebalancing. You can follow Lizanne on Twitter at Lizanne Saunders. Amid the recent volatility, you can check out our take on last week's sell-off in the article Stock Market Volatility, Schwab's Quick Take, where we discuss Schwab's view that the risk of recession is rising and volatility is likely to continue. We suggest that equity investors should limit their risk-taking and use rebalancing to maintain their strategic allocations. You can read all of our market commentary on our Market Insights page, and you can follow us on Twitter at Schwab Research. In economic news on Wednesday, the Federal Open Market Committee, or FOMC, concluded its two-day monetary policy meeting, raising the target for the Fed funds rate by the widely anticipated 50 basis points to a range of 0.75% to 1%, the biggest increase since 2000. In its statement, the committee said that despite the downtick in economic activity in the first quarter, job gains have been robust, the unemployment rate has declined substantially, and household spending and business fixed investments continue to be strong. However, quote, inflation remains elevated, reflecting supply and demand imbalances related to the pandemic, higher energy prices, and broader price pressures, end quote. Additionally, the statement touched on the conflict in Eastern Europe, noting, quote, the invasion of Ukraine by Russia is causing tremendous human and economic hardship. The implications for the U.S. economy are highly uncertain, end quote. 
The statement noted that, quote, the invasion and related events are creating additional upward pressure on inflation and are likely to weigh on economic activity, end quote. In addition, the statement also touched on COVID-related lockdowns in China as a likely risk to exacerbate supply chain disruptions and noted that the committee is highly attentive to inflation risks. Regarding its balance sheet, the Fed said that committee participants agreed to the plan for reducing its securities holdings in a predictable manner. Starting June 1st, the Fed's holdings of Treasury securities and agency debt and agency mortgage-backed securities will be reinvested to the extent that they exceed the monthly caps, which will be initially set at a combined level of $47.5 billion per month and will increase to $95 billion per month after three months. No updated economic projections were released at this meeting. Shortly after the announcement, in his customary press conference, Chairman Jerome Powell said that the labor market is extremely tight and inflation is much too high, but the Fed has the tools needed to restore price stability, also noting that the American economy is very strong and well-positioned to handle tighter monetary policy. The Fed chairman mentioned that 50 basis point increases should be on the table for the next two meetings, but quelled fears of more aggressive action in a Q&A session by saying that 75 basis point increases are not something the Fed is actively considering. Get more insight on the Fed's decision from Schwab's chief investment strategist Lizanne Saunders later today on our Market Insights page. The MBA Mortgage Application Index rose 2.5% last week, following the prior week's decrease of 8.3%. The increase snapped a seven-week losing streak for the index, as a 0.2% rise in the refinance index was met with a 4.1% gain in the purchase index. The average 30-year mortgage rate cooled from its meteoric rise, losing one basis point to 5.36%, but remains 219 basis points above the level a year ago. The ADP Employment Change Report showed private sector payrolls rose by 247,000 jobs in April, below the Bloomberg forecast calling for a 383,000 gain. March's increase of 455,000 jobs was revised higher to a 479,000 increase. Today's ADP data, which does not include government hiring and firing, comes ahead of Friday's broader April non-farm payroll report, expected to show headline employment grew by 385,000 jobs and private sector jobs rose by 390,000. The unemployment rate is forecasted to dip to 3.5%, and average hourly earnings are projected to rise 0.4% month-over-month and be up 5.5% year-over-year. The trade balance showed that the March deficit widened more than expected, rising to a record $109.8 billion from March's upwardly revised deficit of $89.2 billion and compared to forecasts of an increase to $107.1 billion. Exports rose 5.6% month-over-month and imports increased 10.3%. The April Institute for Supply Management, or ISM, Services Index showed expansion in the key services sector decelerated. The index declined to 57.1 from the 58.3 in March and versus estimates of an increase to 58.5. 
reading above 50 denotes expansion in activity. Growth in business activity was offset by a decrease in new orders and a sharp drop in employment month over month, with employment crossing back into contraction territory. Meanwhile, new export orders fell, inventories rose, and prices paid jumped to a record level of 84.6. The ISM said, quote, business activity remains strong. However, high inflation, capacity constraints, and logistical challenges are impediments, and the Russia-Ukraine war continues to affect material costs, most notably of fuel and chemicals, end quote. The final April S&P Global Services PMI index was unexpectedly revised higher to 55.6 from the preliminary 54.7 level where it was forecasted to remain, but still below March's reading of 58.0. A reading above 50 denotes expansion. Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, Kathy Jones, notes in her latest article, At Last, Income in the Fixed Income Market, how the first quarter was brutal for fixed income investors as bond prices fell and yields rose. However, she notes how the steep rise in yields should mean that income investors can finally earn relatively attractive yields in the bond market after enduring nearly three years of near zero interest rates. Be sure to follow Kathy on Twitter, at Kathy Jones. Treasuries turned higher, with the yield on the two-year note falling 13 basis points to 2.61%, the yield on the 10-year note declining 5 basis points to 2.92%, and the 30-year bond rate was little changed at 3%. Tomorrow's economic calendar will offer the preliminary first quarter non-farm productivity and unit labor costs report, expected to show the former to decline by 5.3% and the latter to increase by 10%. Accompanying the release will be the report of initial jobless claims for the week ended April 30th, anticipated to show 180,000 first-time unemployment applications were filed. In international news on Wednesday, European equities finished the day lower as the markets awaited a key monetary policy decision from the Fed in the U.S. as well as from the Bank of England tomorrow. The moves came following some volatile trading since last Friday, along with economic data in the region. The final read on Eurozone Services PMI remained steady from its preliminary release as a downwardly revised report on German activity was more than offset by upward adjustments in readings out of Italy, France, and Spain. However, sentiment remained hampered by the ongoing war in Ukraine and its impact on energy supply in the region, along with China's COVID-related slowdown and the recent spike in global interest rates. Schwab's chief global investment strategist, Jeffrey Kleintop, offers his latest commentary, hedging stocks against rising rates, saying investors should consider hedging the possible risk of higher interest rates with the addition of short-duration stocks, a potential way to manage risk while remaining invested in the markets. You can follow Jeff on Twitter, at Jeffrey Kleintop. The euro ticked higher versus the U.S. dollar, while bond yields in the eurozone were mostly higher. The British pound turned lower against the greenback, and bond rates in the U.K. were mixed. The U.K. FTSE 100 index was down 0.9%. France's CAC 40 index lost 1.2%. Italy's FTSE MIB index fell 1.4%. 
Germany's DAX index decreased 0.5%, while Spain's IBEX 35 index and Switzerland's Swiss market index declined 1%. Stocks in Asia were lower in lighter-than-usual volume, with markets in China and Japan remaining closed for holidays. Choppiness continued as the markets awaited monetary policy decisions from a number of central banks across the globe, including the Fed's conclusion in the U.S. today and the Bank of England's tomorrow. Meanwhile, concerns remained regarding the ongoing war in Ukraine, the recent rally in the U.S. dollar, and the ultimate global economic impact of the COVID-induced lockdowns in China. Schwab's Lizanne Saunders, Jeffrey Kleintop, and Kathy Jones note in our latest Schwab Market Perspective, Inflation's Shadow, how rising prices and slowing demand have cast shadows on this year's economic outlook, especially as the Federal Reserve begins tightening monetary policy. Whether the situation will lead to a recession remains to be seen. Globally, there are signs that stretched supply chains are beginning to ease, potentially slowing the pace of inflation, which would be welcome news for investors and central bankers. The economic calendar in the region was light, as retail sales in Australia rose solidly, while construction activity in the nation declined slightly. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index fell 1.1%. South Korea's Kospi Index was down 0.1%. Australia's S&P ASX 200 Index declined 0.2%. And India's S&P BSE Sensex 30 Index dropped 2.3% after returning to action following yesterday's holiday break. Tomorrow's international economic calendar will deliver the policy decision from the Bank of England, Additionally slated for release are industrial production figures from France, factory orders from Germany, and a final read on PMI composite from the UK.